Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today we're joined by the wonderful Killian O'Sullivan to talk all about his Netflix series, In From the Cold. And I wanted to start by talking about the amount of time that you actually ended up having in terms of character preparation and, and how that influenced your character development process, because you had about a month of, of production like on site kind of working with the rest of the cast it sounds like before yeah. everything shut down and so then you ended up with almost a year in between before filming but because you'd had that kind of month of intensive prep already i was interested in how that really helped in and what the kind of continued or developing relationship was that you had with this character in that time in between having a year to kind of really sit and think about elements or certain choices that you might end up making when you went into production yeah i mean like you know, I've never obviously had that before, like a whole entire year to prepare for anything. And it did make a massive difference. Like whatever I was going to do with the character of Chauncey before the pandemic, before we got shut down, um, it just, I feel like it would have been maybe lighter. Um, and I can't help but think that I would have come at it with a lot more insecurity as an actor than I did after having an entire year prep, because this is easily the biggest role that I've ever done. It's a very, very big opportunity for me. And I, I had that that fear of, 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 you know, screwing it up. So I don't know, right? Like I've, I've done many scenes where I didn't feel comfortable or secure and I look at it and I think maybe I did what I was trying to do work-wise and I look at other scenes where I felt comfortable and confident and I'm like, I, I didn't really like that. But, um, so I don't know how it would have went down, but I'm glad that I had so much time and I did use that time. I used, I worked with an acting coach called Greta Seacat. She does stuff called dream work. And I had already had so many conversations with Adam Glass, with Amy Kane and Mann about the character um, that I had a lot of bullet points to give her. And she really helped me with like the creation of the character. And then so once we started shooting, it was kind of, you know, I took it from there, but uh, I, I really, I wouldn't have had such a kind of, I feel like I, I embodied Chauncey more than I did any other role that I've ever done. Um, and it was definitely as a result of having a year to prepare. Cause you, I'll probably never get that again, ever. You know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I was also interested in in kind of the the scope of autonomy that you had in terms of, of shaping details with him as a character, because a lot of, you know, you're playing a character who intentionally doesn't reveal himself and doesn't want to show his hand. And even as he starts to get comfortable with, with the character Jenny, you know, when he reveals something about himself, he doesn't go into detail. It's like, oh, you know, have you ever been married? No. Have you ever been engaged? Yes. And like, that's the story you're going to get from that. Um, and so did you actually feel that that gave you a lot of of latitude in taking those kind of minimal details in the scripts and really being able to determine what you thought the story behind those little inflections and those little half sentences were. Well, again, to tie in the one year thing, I, I, I do think a big difference as well between what would have what I would have done with Chauncey when I had that one month to prepare in the beginning versus what after we had the year is I was very worried about what the powers that be wanted from Chauncey in the beginning. I wanted to do which is kind of, it's not a great place to come at even for auditions. Like you kind of have to do what you, what your instincts tell you to do as an actor, but it's difficult sometimes not to think that way. And I was definitely thinking that way in the beginning. When I came, came back after that year, I had already had so many conversations, et cetera, et cetera, and worked on him so much more um, that I was coming at it from my own instincts and what I thought the character was. Cause it was, I just felt more like this is my role. This is my job 
to do with this guy. It's been given to me. Whereas before it almost felt like because of the nature of this industry and, you know, I've done so many, I've been in so many situations where I was told I did a good job, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't the right guy. You hear so many horror stories about people getting parts and getting the parts taken away in the last minute. So I did have something in the back of my mind of like, Jesus, I'm going to show up on set the first day. I'm going to do a shite job and they're going to just like cast someone else. Um, I did not have that when I came back and like everything that I did, I just felt like I had such a comfortable understanding of Chauncey's intentions. And so like what you say, like about revealing things that he reveals about himself, everything Chauncey does is, is, is under control. He's always playing a game of poker. He's never trying to give a tell, especially when he's dealing with someone like, like Jenny, because she is just as, if not much more talented as spy than, than he is. And there, there's bits in the script that aren't that were taken out in the end, but they're talking about like her reputation at the CIA or at any kind of country's, um, you know, spy, whatever. And she's a legend, you know, and there, there, there was always this thing for him of like, I can't give this away and I got to hide this. Everything is under control. Everything is, is, is calculated. And um, yeah. Right. And, and with that idea that he knows so much information about Jenny, but also it's like what he knows about her. And like you were just saying that, that she's kind of a legendary former spy within the CIA as well. It feels like for him, he's not used to being the person in the room who isn't the smartest person in the room. And then all of a sudden there's kind of like an, an, an off kilter element of like what happens to him when he's suddenly around someone that he knows is is so much smarter than him. Um, but also there's the interesting way in which she's not operating in the same way that he does. And so that also takes him off kilter because he's used to knowing exactly where things are going to lead, where things are going to land, being able to plan. And then all of a sudden mm. that's very off kilter. Um, and so where did you want to find the character in terms of, of, of Jenny's influence in both of those regards and the way that she can just completely unbalance every aspect that he's so carefully curated? for himself usually yeah i mean i also think that he likes the challenge and he definitely would have an aspect of competitiveness like when he meets her there's, there's not going to be any kind of a conscious you know this spy is is you know twice the spy i am or anything like that there's those are subconscious maybe he just he's aware of what he's dealing with but i do think that there's also an aspect of him like maybe getting a little bit competitive, enjoying the challenge, enjoying trying to toy with her. He's definitely like a cat playing with a mouse. And in the beginning, he does have the power. And, you know, it's all a web of lies as, as to how he has that power over her. He doesn't actually have any power over her at all. Um, and as the show goes on, you, I won't get I won't get into that. But, um, yeah, I definitely think there's this aspect of him enjoying the game and, like, pushing her um you know and testing her boundaries and maybe she's a little bit rusty too according to him he's been out of she's been out of the game for a long time um i shouldn't say according to him she's been out of the game for a long time she's been out of the game for a long time so he uh he might be kind of like trying to keep her on her toes a little bit and i do think that there's a lot of that element and i definitely felt that as as an actor too when i felt maybe very um you know present that my thoughts as Chauncey were always like, I'm, I'm, I'm poking and I'm enjoying it. And I'm, I'm trying to like, I've got this kind of predatorial, you know, feeling behind the things that I'm saying and, and, you know, always watching her reactions too. Like just the same way that he's got himself under control 
he's always looking at her for, for, for kinks in her armor, you know, and always observing. So that was very enjoyable. And a lot of those early scenes, you know, they're in fairly confined spaces. Maybe they're in a hotel room. And mm. so there's not kind of that much physical space to kind of move and play around with one another. But yet there's also the detail of like, where is he standing? How is he standing? How is he watching her? You know, what are the mannerisms that he's he's giving to kind of like mm. play into this dance? And so how did that play into the way that you kind of chose a lot of the the movement and body language and even just the blocking of where you wanted to stand in relation to her a lot of the time? Mm -hmm. I mean, sure. Like there was, there was plenty of occasions where I would maybe. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that they made it into the show, but just as uh, as actors between myself and Margarita, there would be times where I would be maybe invading her space a little bit, or she might be invading mine. Um, we would also talk about where she was in the room. Say with Amy Canaan, Canaan Man, we would talk about maybe having her somewhere that made it look and feel like she was, you know, a rat caught in a, caught in a trap, you know. And um, as for, like, how I would stand and my approach and things like that, I would always feel that, like, Chauncey's got a, such a relaxed body language because it was, this is what he's giving off. Like, this is, this is, all of it is, like I said, it's calculated. And even the way he walks, the way he stands, there's always some kind of a lean or there's some kind of a, you know, if he's sitting in a chair, you know, he probably has his hands propped up. He's always comfortable, even if inside he's not. Yeah. What he's projecting is something else entirely. And it's always some kind of form of relaxed body language of like, I am in control of everything that's happening in this room right now. And with that idea of what he's projecting, you know, he's always kind of suited and booted and, and dressed incredibly mm. formally. But what's great is we get to see a moment towards the end where he's outside of a work setting and he's in a relaxed kind of casual mm. situation. And yet he's he's not necessarily wearing kind of like the waistcoat at that point and a tie, but he's still wearing pantsuits and a button up shirt, which which was very different to what you would, would expect. And so I was interested in, in kind of like what that told you about him and, and whether that's because he's still kind of projecting to some degree, or if it was just like, that's just naturally his aesthetic, even though it seems like it's purely there for projection earlier in the show. No, I think I think the real Chauncey is not necessarily what's in, on display in like the first few episodes. And, you know, we find out what he's going through, what's going on for him. But um, I do think that there is a character. There is like the, the work Chauncey versus the home Chauncey. Right. And he is, as I've described him before, he's a ruthless romantic. Right there. But there's definitely a romantic in, in Chauncey, you know, a serious romantic. And that's what's on display in, in the end is, is the romantic side of him and the, the warm side of him. But I do believe that he has a switch where he can disconnect. And I think a lot of people in real life that are in his situation have to have that. Um, if you're going to have any kind of emotional stability doing a job like that and dealing with things that they deal with, you've got to be able to kind of disconnect in some way. So I believe he's got this, this work switch where... You know the soft side it just it's it's not there at that moment in time and um you know uh he can kind of turn himself pretty cold and he can turn himself pretty warm and um you know yeah i'm trying to, i'm trying to uh, there's there's some things i want to say that are that are giveaways but um yeah i get that, that that's about as much as i'll give 
but with with that, that idea of like the you know the softer side and and the fact that he does have that switch and that ability to kind of mm. choose what version of himself he's going to be um i was interested in in how having the character of chris played by charles bryce like how that helped you to play off in that aspect of it because it's great because like when you when it's just the two of them you get to see a different side of chauncey because they have that pre-existing relationship mm. and history with one another but then the moment that jenny's in the room the dynamic between the two of them obviously has to shift because Chauncey can't be kind of giving away that side of himself in front of her. Um, and so was that kind of a really great opportunity for you to kind of do exactly what you were describing just now with like showing the switch well, in the way that he can really shift? Yeah, for me, like the, I, the relationship with, with Chris and Chauncey was always something that Chauncey was trying to resist in my books. Like I, Chauncey's always trying to kind of, he's got that whole kind of like asserting power over everybody around him thing, right? But he's also got that kind of reluctant charm where like you know people 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 kind of they hate to like him I feel right and I think he knows that and I think it's a game he enjoys playing and I think he plays it with Chris but for me I was always trying to resist Chris's charm all the time because Chris is one of the most charming characters in, in In From The Cold he like he is there's no ifs ands and buts about it and um, for me like you know, I'm trying to be professional and, and I'm trying to have that that cold, you know, agent switch on at all times when we're dealing with what we're dealing with. And I've got a lot of lies that I'm trying to hide. You know, I'm, I'm playing this whole spy game. And then here's this guy that's the polar opposite of it. Extremely charming, you know, super open. And like, I knows me, knows he's he's the, the, the character in the show that knows Chauncey better than, than any of the other characters in the show. So, and he knows what's going on. And I just felt like I was always, that Chauncey's always trying to resist that. And what I would be super excited about for like a season two would be exploring that a little bit more and, and seeing a more open Chauncey, because that is what comes next for him. Like you have a character arc, right? And from the beginning, you've got the place that he's at. And in the end, you've got the place that he's at. And I already know some bits and pieces about what's planned for season two and what happens at the end of season two. But it would be like a much more just like playful, open, not cold agent Chauncey, you know? And um, so, yeah. And it's it's great that the character was written in that way that had that starting point and had that end point because if mm. you'd if you just played him the way that we meet him at the beginning, then, then there wouldn't have been kind of like that same engagement and connect. And um, what was your kind of like way of figuring out that trajectory to get to that end point and like what's the moment where he starts to trust Jenny what's the moment where he starts to let his walls come down a little bit what's the bit where you know he starts to allow himself to like think potentially romantically a little bit you know because there's all those different versions of what his walls coming down look mm. like that you've managed to kind of map into that overall arc and trajectory throughout the season yeah I mean again like there's many things that are, you know, dead giveaways for for anybody that hasn't started the show yet that I don't want to give because it is a bit of a twist. Um, but, you know, there are reasons why why Chauncey... I mean, look, there's a thousand obvious, obvious reasons why he wouldn't be, you know, rushing at a romantic interest with, with Jenny, okay? She's one of the most dangerous spy assassins that have ever lived. He's, he's an American CIA agent. She's a KGB former agent. And, you know, so that's that's one reason alone. Then also they're working together in a professional environment. Um, they're both killers and they know that about each other. And they're both 
excellent at lying. That sounds like the most toxic relationship that you could like. Th- th- that is the building blocks for the most toxic relationship of all time. Like, it's not that it's not going to work out. Someone's going to die, right? That's just like not a good starting point at all. Um, but there's more reasons as to why Chauncey wouldn't want to get involved um, with Jenny, particularly in that environment. And that gets revealed around episode five, six territory, something like that. And, um, you know, yeah. And I just think that on top of that, I think we all know ourselves, like sometimes when there's like, you know that you shouldn't get involved with said person because maybe you le- you learned about said red flags in the past, but that person is very attractive because of said red flags. I think there's a touch of that going on as well. There's also just even professionally the shift for him in terms of at the beginning, he's trying to keep her safe because she's an asset to him and he's yeah. trying to kind of like control the game. And then there is that shift to the point where it's like there's a genuine concern of, for keeping her safe and, and even for keeping her kids safe, who at the beginning is just a nuisance to him. And he's like, send your kid away, send her back to the States. And then at yeah. the end, it's like, I care about your kid because I care about you. And so for you, what was kind of that tipping point and how did you want to then play scenes a little bit differently where like the concern and care isn't just coming from that professional space, but but has right. that real empathy and connection? Yeah, and also like you asked, like how did I get to the, from the, the start of Chauncey's, the, the place he was at to the end? Like, so that, that kind of ties into what you just asked as well. I, I think like the place that he was at in the beginning, like I said, that kind of, you know, he's in his professional environment. He's dealing with the, dealing with it the way that he has learned how to deal with it. But there's also, I think, an extra few ounces of, you know, cold calculation about Chauncey, given his reasons for doing what he's doing, which aren't just because he's a CIA agent. There's more there's more personal reasons for for Chauncey to be doing what he's doing. And um you know, they're 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 the kind of reasons that are that would affect anybody and and um, would give you an extra sprinkle of motivation. And, and if you're somebody that can be, you know, Chauncey can can take a life. He's done it before. If you're someone that can deal with life or death situations on a, a frequent basis, th- there's surely a, another level of cold detachment that somebody like that might be able to reach. So in the beginning, I believe he's operating more like a machine. He's, he's in here. He's not very connected from here to here. And sometimes that wells up and it, 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 there's something behind his eyes. And you're like, Whoa, what the, what, what, like, what's going on with this guy? Right. But when it comes to her, her kid, Chauncey is, is only interested in her abilities and to, to get the job done, to achieve the mission that they're trying to achieve. And her daughter is a distraction. That's it. There's no, I don't think for me that there was any kind of, uh, he really cares deep down. I do think that it wasn't, he wasn't himself necessarily, but she was just a distraction. And that's the place that Chauncey was at in the beginning. He, he wasn't the, you know, the most moral of men and, you know, probably not the best guy, but, um, that's just the place that he's at. And, and in the end, like, you know, they go through stuff, they bond together, they get honest with each other in certain regards. Like <clears throat> it becomes a little bit different. And he also clearly starts to realize the place that he's at and that maybe some of his decisions are a little bit reckless because John C is reckless, smart, but reckless. He's like a poker player again, like that goes all in and plays extremely aggressively, but knows how to play poker 
that is that is completely how he behaves, especially in the beginning. But maybe he realizes, like, all right, I need to stop putting all of my chips in so quickly, even, even when I feel like I have the advantage. And, um, you know, I just think that he learns to to respect Jenny. And, of course, he's starting to get real feelings for her. And, and those feelings are also coming from a place of, like, uh, it's so hard not to, like, give away uh, stuff. But they're coming from a place of like trauma, you know. It's it's one of those, you know, he's fallen for somebody, and it's intertwined with stuff that's really, really affected him in the past. We'll say. And in playing a character who's kind of determining their own rules of of operation, was it e- was it easy to kind of find what his moral compass was and what his lines were? Because, you know, he is making up the rules of the game as he goes along and sometimes that's shifting and changing a little bit based on circumstance as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, if, if the image that comes to mind <laughs> when you ask me that question, I don't know what this says about me, maybe yet, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but, like, I've got an idea that, like, when you ask about Chauncey's moral compass, like, I feel like he could say if his job was to take someone's life who wasn't necessarily doing any good things in the world, I think he could walk in, he could pop said person off and not particularly feel bad about it. But he's also able to justify these things for like, you know, in the, in the name of the greater good, like he's doing it to save lives, right? He's one of those guys, like um, he'll take a life to save a life. And what, 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 like, what is that? Is that a good moral compass? Like, that's a, that's a, that's a philosophical question, I guess, right? Um, there's many, you know, more enlightened humans would say no. Um, but people such as myself that enjoy James Bond movies, you know, the cold version of Daniel Craig, who's popping people off left, right, and center, but also a good dude, is James Bond moral? I don't know. Are spies moral? That's a question for, you know, the philosophy department at UCLA right here. So I don't know. Look, he's, deep down, I think he's, he's, a, he's a good guy, right? Um, he's got good motivations. He's got, like, listen, Chauncey will say he comes from a background that he didn't need to get into to, to civil service. He, he could have not done any work at all his entire life, right? Like, we'll say mommy and daddy weren't struggling. And he still went into the military. He wanted to do some good, and he has his own reasons for that. Again, it will be revealed. Um, so, you know, like, yeah, I think, I, I think he's a good guy. Deep down, he's a good guy. I think he loves dogs, right? And not just because I love dogs. I definitely think Chauncey is a dog person for many reasons. I think he's got a dog at home, a big, big, fluffy dog. And people that love dogs can't be bad people. Simple as that. Have you ever played a character that you think doesn't like dogs? Yes. Yeah, I've, I've played a few guest stars that I actually, yeah, I have. And I can't <laughs> connect to them. I actually can't connect to them. Like, it, 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 I took these, I took some jobs in the past that were like, you know, hey, here's 10 grand, right? We'll say whatever. Here's some money. And um, I'm like, okay, well, I have to do it, right? Because you need a job and you're not in a place where you can turn them down, but it might be like an awful person. Um, yeah, I've played I've played two dudes that don't like dogs. I'd rather <laughs> not go back there. 
And kind of jumping back to the fact that at the beginning you were saying how this is the first time that you've you've had kind of a lead role in this regard and, you know, particularly working on a TV show and, and with the amount of time that you spent with this character and, you know, in the way that you talk about this character, it, it sounds like you're really proud of the work that you did on the series. And so what are you really proudest of in terms of what you've accomplished within your performance and within this character on the show? Yeah. I mean, when I say I'm, I, I wouldn't be running around saying, I'm really proud of my work in this in this TV show. Um, but what I would say is like the character I tried to bring to life is who I feel is in the show. The, the character that we spoke that I, me and Amy Kane and Man spoke about in the beginning. That me and Adam Glass had many conversations about. Um, that I the, the dream work that I did with Greta Seacat, like. I just feel like that guy is who's on the screen. The way he walks, the way he talks, like, you know, the, the voice of Chauncey is, is, was a calculated decision. The way he walks was a calculated decision. Like, um, his body language was a calculated decision before we started shooting. And then once we started shooting, I feel like every time we were in a scene, that was who was doing what he was doing. And a lot of the time it felt like I didn't really have the reins a lot of the time. And that's what I'm after. And, for me, coming from this job and just seeing that whoever it is that's on the screen is who I was trying to bring to life, like I, that's the place that I want to continue to work from, from you know, in future jobs, like the, whatever place I came from for this job, um, that's how I would like to continue to work. So yeah, that's just the most important thing for me is to just whoever it is that I see on the page, if I feel like I brought that person to life, that's what I'm after. Well, I really hope that, that the next characters that you go on to really offer that. Thank you so much, Killian. It was so lovely hearing all about your work on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mara.